You're listening to episode 47 on Abundant After Abortion, Addicted to Emotions. Hey, girlfriend, welcome to Abundant After Abortion. I am your host, Katie Chavez, and this is the podcast where I help you create an abundant life after abortion through teaching you various coaching tools sharing my own discoveries and experience of life after abortion, as well as interview others who have valuable insights to share. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right. Hey, girls. So I've been doing some listening to one of my favorite teachers. I've listened to like all his books more than, okay, no. I still have to listen to Evolve Your Brain. That's like on my list. But Joe Dispenza, one of my favorite teachers, so good. Uh, And I was listening to Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I think I put it back. I had the book here because I was referring to it. Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And he's talking about something when I was listening. I was listening to the audiobook on YouTube. something that was totally me. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Okay. That's me. I need to get this. I do this. That's me. Pause, rewind. I need to make sure I get this. And if there's one thing that I personally want to work on in 2024 that I know I want to change, improve, that is my emotional tendencies. Okay. Because I, they tend My emotional tendencies tend to not be as good as I would like them to be, I would say. So my, we're talking about like your state of being, your emotional, how do you tend to be most of the day or often? What are your top three emotions um, day in and day out? And for me, I know that I could be better. I want to be more on the positive side. And so my state of being most of the time is not how I would like it to be. And doesn't that feel like that is something out of your control? That is just some, that's how I am. That's the way I am. It's out of my control. Like it is what it is. But I know that I have been and am addicted to certain emotions. And it's just that it feels like I can't change. This is just the way I am. I can't change this aspect about me. I am addicted to problem solving. (laughs) Confession time. I am addicted to finding problems. Like where's the problem? What's the problem? Identifying it, everything that's going wrong. And I Uh, that I don't like in my life. Like everything that is not the way I want it to be, I am on the lookout for all of that because I want to fix it, right? And when everything is the way I want it to be, then I can be happy and fulfilled and all will be well in my life, right? Makes sense. I know that um, like I am addicted to finding problems in my life because when it, when it's fixed, then The catch is I'm always off to the next thing. So as soon as this problem is fixed in my life, okay, what's next? Now, what else is wrong that I have to go and fix? Like, I'm just, 
I can tell I'm never happy. That is my tendency. I'm always off to fix the next thing, find the next problem. It doesn't create happiness like I think it would. And I know there was a time in my life when I was angry. So I have come away from this place, but I remember like it was yesterday because it was like my identity. I was angry because all of these things in my life were not the way I wanted them to be. They seemed like they were out of my control. My partner and his status of his life, what was going on in his life. Like I couldn't do anything about that and I couldn't keep him away. And my job was not paying the bills and I couldn't find anything better. And I just didn't have money and I had an abortion and I was trying to be a good person and everything was just freaking chaos and hectic. So it seemed. So my response was to be angry, like how I dealt with that things that were out of my control that were not the way I wanted them to be. Angry, but I also did not realize that my anger was stemming from unresolved emotions around my abortion. And I actually talked about this on, I keep looking up because I'm trying to find my calendar. I haven't gotten one yet. <laughs> um, I mentioned this on my TikTok episode, January 31st. I was sharing about how I didn't realize my anger was tied to my abortion. I just did not put two and two together because I was so busy hiding from it. I was so busy running away from the fact that I had an abortion and I was too embarrassed and ashamed and like humiliated and mortified and everything to look at it. And so I just wanted to pretend like it never happened. Um, but I was angry. I was such an angry person. That was like, I had to be angry. I couldn't, that was my identity. I just had to be angry. So here I am angry about everything that's not working in my life, angry about everything I can't change. It was horrible, really felt awful. And uh, what I'm proposing back in episodes 44 and 45 about changing your past, I was walking you through my freebie, which you can get on my bio link. I put it in my show notes. You can get it anywhere uh, you hear my podcast, see my profile. I have it, my bio link with all my connections, downloads, etc. what have you. You can get my freebie um, called Change Your Past. So we obviously can't change our past, um, but we can change what we learn from it, how we feel about it, and how we see it, and how it impacts us today. So I'm proposing that we can change how we see our past and not let our past work against us. Like I was living under the impression that my past is like looming over me and I can't get away from it. And I'm angry about everything that's out of my control and it's not the way I want it. I became addicted to my emotions and this way of thinking, feeling, being, thinking, feeling, being, thinking, feeling, being. And, um, something that Joe, uh, Joe Dispenza talks about in his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, is how we unknowingly, we don't even realize 
by how we're thinking, feeling, being, thinking, feeling, being, thinking, feeling, acting, doing. Think of like our body becomes our mind. Like our body just responds day in and day out from our habitual way of thinking, believing, feeling. More on that in a minute, but I uh, was recently watching a YouTube video of Toby Misprint. Tony Robbins, um, his podcast was on YouTube. He was interviewing Michael Singer. I guess he goes by Mickey. <laughs> so Michael Singer in, in his book, Untethered Soul, he talks about letting go of blockages or things, situations, life, the world that comes into our, our lives, like letting go of those things instead of letting them bother us and holding on to these blockages. So super interesting. I've listened to his book more than once as well, Untethered Soul. Um, just really interesting. So he was saying on this podcast episode, he's like, the weather isn't bothering you. The driver in the car in front of you going 10 miles under the speed limit isn't bothering you. Okay you are bothering you about these situations. Isn't that so interesting? Your abortion isn't bothering you. You have unresolved blockages or you're holding on to things that you think about your abortion. Um, little plug here. That's what I do with my clients is help them see the thoughts that they have about their abortion. And that's the thing too, is like 99% of the time we don't see these thoughts because we think they're true. Why should I look at it if I think it's true and we go unconscious? So we have an experience that we don't prefer having an abortion, some kind of traumatic uh, trauma happens to us in our lives. We don't enjoy that. And then we carry it with us indefinitely, like the rest of our lives. And uh, we are working to not let that happen again. So what, like, what are we doing? We're thinking about it. We're feeling how it felt when that happened, like we're feeling the anger, we're feeling the frustration, we're feeling the hopelessness or the depression. We don't want it to happen again. So let me just think about it over and over and over and ruminate and obsess and mull over and over again, because I don't want to experience it again. And so to make sure that doesn't happen, I'm just going to think about it like incessantly. And that's where it becomes so ingrained not just in our brain, in our thoughts, but on a cellular and chemical level in our body. That's why it feels, it can, it can feel so difficult to break. Like we're addicted. I cannot get out of this. I can't break this. I've tried everything. It's just who I am. It's my tendency, my personality, my identity. So these things aren't bothering you. The weather, your abortion, a trauma, a car that's driving 10 miles under the speed limit. You are bothering you 
about these situations. And I was like, hmm, tell me more. What do you mean? How could that be true? So we think circumstances, here's coach speak. This is what we do in coaching. We think circumstances are to blame for how we feel, right? It's raining cats and dogs. I feel gloomy. X, Y, Z. Um, so finances, problems, our abortion, our family, things people say, our boss, when in fact, we have only formulated a preference about these things. Remember how I was saying like 10 minutes ago about how I was angry at everything in my life that seemed out of my control and I couldn't change. I couldn't change these circumstances. So I was angry. That's how I responded. That was my reaction. Let me just be so freaking angry about everything in my life. But who did that? Who created a preference around the way things are in our lives? Who, who created the preference? I did. We create what we want, don't want. Those things are learned. Anyway, that was, it's not in my notes, but that's something that Mickey, Michael Singer, talked about on this podcast episode. Um, we learn what we prefer, of course, because in part of past experiences, I learned that putting my hand on a hot stove, I don't prefer that. So I might hold on to a blockage or have a, a trigger or a trauma, some kind of response when this reminds me of a past hurt or harm that I experienced in my life that now I don't have a preference for. So we learn these things, but we're the ones who did it. We created it uh, naturally for ourselves, instinctually, like survival mode, whatever it is. Um, we create a preference for how we want things to be. And I was like, yep, ding, 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 guilty. I have done that. I know I've done that. So what do I need to get out of this? And it's so interesting because we've, all we've done is limited our range of happiness. When we decide I like purple over pink, I have now limited my range of preference or what I enjoy. I was like, that's freaking crazy. For me to choose one thing over another, which is my doing, right? Um, makes me experience less joy in the world, less happiness in the world because I'm limiting. I was like, dang, that makes sense. That's so counterintuitive that we would do that. <laughs> it makes sense. So all we've done is limited our ability to feel happiness, to be joyful, experience pleasure. We've narrowed our window of opportunity to be happy when we exclude how things are from making us happy. Like I prefer chocolate over vanilla. Well, why not like both? <laughs> uh, there is zero benefit to holding on to past hurt. It's 100% cost to carry that with us and hold on to past hurts and zero benefit. So Mickey, 
talks about observing these blockages, observing what you're thinking is bothering you. So he was like, don't come to me for therapy. Like I could not be a therapist. I would be the worst therapist because, um, when you allow something to pass through you instead of holding on to a hurt or a preference, we can be more open to things making us happy or at least be at peace with the world or feel okay. So say, for example, you come to me and tell me your heart's broken, you had an abortion and miss your baby tremendously and you're full of remorse for having made the choice. He would say, who said that? So you're coming and saying, I feel sad. I feel heartbroken. And he's asking what part of you is saying that who is telling you that you're sad. And you're like, doy, hello, me. I am sad about this. I am the one telling you. He's like, but wait, like what part of you is sad? And do you notice that there is a part of you that is seeing that you're sad? So the point is you are you, your, your spirit, your soul, your consciousness, you are you, and you are aware of things about you, things that you are experiencing. You are telling you that I prefer chocolate over vanilla. What part of you is noticing that you have these preferences? You are neutral. You are the observer. And he said, for example, light doesn't care what it shines on. Light will shine on ugly things, on beautiful things, on new things, on old things, just like your you. You notice yourself being bothered and you are telling you that you are experiencing heartbreak, that you're heartbroken or you're sad. There's a part of you, 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 how many times can I say you, that is saying, I am sad about this. Yeah. So I was like, that makes sense. Just like light doesn't care what it shines on. Light is light. You, here we go again. <laughs> that part of you can be at peace. Uh, and then, uh, so then he was talking about how when you're in these blockage situations where you're having a preference and you are in resistance to what's happening or what you're experiencing, practice noticing that that part of you, you can relax. The part of you that is aware that you are in discomfort. The part of you that sees you don't like what's happening, that part of you can be calm. Maybe like the part of you that is in that experience right now, that part of you is freaking out, flipping out, mad, whatever. But the person of you that is noticing that, that part of you can be relaxed. And I am going to try that. <laughs> I'm going to try that out. I was like, yeah, crazy. Um, Yes. So I, you can be you in these times that you're ex noticing that you're experiencing. I just like to say an adverse 
situation, something that you don't prefer to be happening. So sometimes I personally feel like I am going to explode. I feel like when I'm pushed to my max, I feel like I'm going to pop. Like, get me out of here right now before I explode. I feel like the only way to handle a situation that I'm telling myself I'm being pushed to my max. The only thing to do is to exit immediately. I have to remove myself from the situation because I'm going to explode or I can't handle this. That was one thing Mickey Michael Singer was talking about is when we tell ourselves, I can't handle this. I don't like this. Um, this is awful. I don't prefer this, that kind of language. When we prefer situations to be a certain way, especially those that we do not have control over, I only get to notice. I am in charge of noticing my thoughts and I get to choose my thoughts. That is a practice because past me would have been like, no way I have to think this or like, no way. This is just how I think that is truth. That's how I am. But we do get to control our thoughts and our actions. Those are the only two things in life that we do have control over our thoughts and our actions. And when I am disagreeing, does it sound familiar? Disagreeing with reality to quote Byron Katie, loving what is her book. When I am disagreeing with the way a thing is, guess who is the one who is suffering? The person who has the preference against the way something is against reality, AKA myself. It's insanity. That is insanity. So, okay. There are things we can't change. And in coaching, we call these circumstances. Circumstances are just the pure facts and they are neutral. So if you are feeling charged about a situation or a circumstance, you're having a thought about it. It is the thought that is generating an emotional charge. So circumstance being husband says words, husband says, what are the specific words? Put that in the circumstance line. Now, if you feel charged over what the words are that are being said, that honey boo boo child is because you are having a thought about those words. Just like what Michael was saying, I was saying, he said earlier about this, the weather is not bothering you. The person in the car ahead of you driving 10 miles under the speed limit is not bothering you. What you think about those things are what's bothering you. So in a way you are bothering you about those things. I was like, don't prick me anymore. Like, I don't want to hear these things. I want to blame circumstances because I think that'll make me feel better. And that's the easy way out. I don't have to change. I don't have to work. I just get to stay the way I am and be how I want to be. Um, so circumstances, I can't control 
whether it's going to be sunny or whether the person ahead of me is going to drive the speed limit or not. Those things I can't control. And instead of being closed about how that is, I could be open. I can be curious about how maybe what my husband is saying, how could that actually be what I want to hear? Hmm. How can I think how can I go to work to find how that could be true? How the words that are leaving my husband's mouth and you put the shoe on that fits. What is your circumstance that you're in resistance to that you don't prefer, that you don't like, that you wish was different, but you can't change? How could this actually be what I want to be hearing or experiencing? If you don't like that, there's other ways to try the shoe on. It could be like, how could this be working for me instead of against me? What could I learn from this experience? Now, I I personally like really hate silver lining thinking. I'm I'm not gonna be like, oh, at least you still have two cents to your name. Like at least you're not totally broke <laughs> or try to fluff up the situation and make it better. I really don't like silver lining thinking, but it is a skill to practice looking at these things that are out of your control that you can't change and finding how it is what you want remove the resistance, being open to experiencing it. What can I take away from this? How is this, how is this going to make me money? How is this going to prepare me to serve my clients better? Like how, how fill in the blank. That is a skill y'all <laughs> that I think we're all growing in. All right. So back to Joe and emotional addictions. Joe teaches that we cannot change, like we can't change ourselves if we are living in a predictable future. Meaning, if I am so busy trying to prevent the past from happening again because that was so traumatizing, that was such a painful experience, I don't prefer that, I don't want that to happen again, I didn't like that, and so I'm gonna, like my brain, um, like biologically speaking, is programmed to protect me and keep me from repeating harmful experiences, okay? That's how we're built, that's how we operate, but we cannot change ourselves if we are living in a predictable future. We will only experience like similar days. Every day is pretty much kind of the same thing day in, day out. Or we will only recreate to the level that we already know. So it just becomes really challenging to create a new experience or do something different change ourselves. We're trying to change, right? Um, so often when we have these blockages, okay, so these things that we're holding on to because we didn't like it, when we're, we have that as baggage, basically, we uh, project them into our future. So not, I mean, yeah, sometimes we have multiple abortions, we have an abortion again. 
Um, but also not that we're gonna do the same thing in our past, but we just only experience to the level of our past experience. Does that make sense? Either we perpetuate our past or we can't get beyond what we've already experienced. When we have these blockages and we're holding on to these things, we didn't like the past experience. So our brain is like, no way, Jose, we are not letting that happen again. This is not going to happen again. In fact, we're going to avoid that experience at all costs. We're going to do everything in our power to not let that happen again. So what do we do? We begin to live in the past, hoping to stop the past from ever happening again in our future. We feel the emotions of our past. What was that like? I was embarrassed. I felt flustered. And I feel that as if it happened yesterday. There is this false sense of control that we are all addicted to. I need to be in charge of this never happening again. So in our effort to control that, we try to predict it. Hmm. And our brain does this automatically, like subconsciously. We are programming our body to experience the very thing we're trying to avoid before it ever happens again. It's the old Pavlovian dog experiment. So as the dogs, originally it was the ladies who would feed them, they wore clogs. And so they would walk down the hall wearing these clogs to feed them. The dogs would automatically begin to salivate just at the notion of what was coming. They were trained and conditioned, primed to plan and know ahead of time what was coming and they would begin to drool. Like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna eat, can't wait. So soon all they needed was to hear the shoes, hear the clogs, and they would begin to drool. It is a learned response which can be unlearned and reprogrammed. Like, praise God. <laughs> Praise God, we're not doomed to live this repetitive life. So when we've practiced a way of thinking and in, in our effort to prevent the past from happening again, what do we do? We think about it, we ruminate on it, we can even obsess over, we're remembering, reflecting, mulling over the past, the past, the past, again and again and again, what we didn't like, what was so awful, what was so horrible, what we couldn't change, what we didn't enjoy. And it feels like I can't stop thinking about that. I just, it's so ingrained in our brain, in our body, but it's our mind's way of going to work so that it doesn't happen again because it was so horrible, so awful, or we just really didn't like it. And your brain will work over time so that we don't have to experience that again. In doing so, we're just instilling, like how many times have you thought over and over and over and over about the breakup, the abortion, that experience, that thing? that we just can't get away from now. And now we're addicted. Now we're addicted to these emotions and our body becomes our mind. It's breaking the habit of being ourselves. We can't get out, we can't stop. 
We go unconscious in our lives. We can't change our future. Like we're just repeating the past. We're conditioning ourselves to feel our past today and tomorrow. And our brain can't tell the difference. Our brain does not know um, what is really happening versus what you are only experiencing in your mind and in your body. Your brain can't tell the difference. So we go unconscious. We're no longer driving in our lives. As a matter of fact, we're not even behind the wheel anymore. And our body has just taken over and become our mind. It's not separate anymore. Our thoughts, okay, if you write them down, most of the time are either thinking about the past, uh, reminiscing or thinking about the past or thinking about the future. Like, where are we? We're not here. We're not here today. I'm thinking about the past. I'm thinking about the past. I'm planning about tomorrow. I have dreams about tomorrow. I can't wait until the future. I'm working towards my goals. Where are we? We're not here today. <laughs> Hello, who's there? Knock, knock. Nobody's home. Here's the most beautiful thing, though, that Joe and Mickey teach us. That it is possible to live your desired future right now in the present. Okay. Um, independent of circumstances. Here we go again. We think I'll be happy when I will love myself when the scale says certain particular number. I'll feel relieved when my bank account has certain particular number. So we become very attached to circumstances needing to look the way we want them to in order for us to be living the life we want and feeling how we want to feel. When that, thankfully, does not have to be true. Circumstances don't need to fit the way we prefer or want them to be in order for us to be happy. So it goes both ways. Either we can blame how we're feeling. I'm sad. I'm scared. I'm depressed. I'm lonely. Blame how we feel on our circumstances, like negatively, or say, I can't be happy until circumstances are X, Y, Z. goes both ways. But in both negative and positive, we are totally in control of what, what we think and what we do how we feel. Oops. Balloons. I think that's what that means. <laughs> um, all right. So we do not need circumstances to change first in order to feel how we want to feel. Thank goodness. But get this. Um, if we were able to let obstructions go, our preferences. Okay. We don't have to love everything or just like be flamboyant about everything. But if we were able to let go of these blockages and let things pass through us instead of hold on to them, um, hold on to them and keep us from being free of, we'll say negative emotions, feeling bad, feeling sad. Sometimes we want, let me just caveat. Sometimes it is appropriate to feel sad, feel bad. And that is a good thing. Okay, but if you are like, I don't want to feel sad about XYZ, 
you don't have to. Maybe I want to feel sad about my abortion and that would be appropriate. Okay. But if that is impacting you today, like on a daily basis in a negative way, um, we need to be able to like separate that and differentiate from that so that our brain doesn't become our mind. Do you see? So if we're able to let go instead of hold on and keep circumstances from keeping us trapped in this negative emotion, if we were able to feel how we would when we achieved our desired future, if we could feel that now, then there would be no reason for things to need to change according to the way we want them to be. It doesn't have to change. Now, of course, be safe. Like don't stay in a dangerous place, in a harmful place. Like we want to be safe uh, and healthy, your environment, your body. Um, yeah. At the same time, until that can change, you can change first internally. And then it is a law that your external environment has to change your, your, yeah, your environment has to match what you're feeling on an internal level. So I think, for example, I can't remember where I heard this story. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The story was some prisoner of war was in like a tiny little cell place for like a long time. I can't even remember what was it? seven years or something. They like the floor. That's all they had. And they got one serving of food. It wasn't even a meal a day and like some water. That was it. And they lived in that condition for like seven years. And this person, how they made it and did not go crazy or try to kill themselves what they did was they relived every day of their life. So I just think that is an example that's so interesting how we all can have a circumstance, a situation, be in an environment. And maybe I'm not in jail. Maybe I am in jail. I don't know. But it's up to you. You always have the option, the choice of what you think about. And lo and behold, that is going to have an impact on your body. So the, the story of this person who was a prisoner of war and they were in this tiny little space or cell or something for seven years. I don't remember exactly how the story goes, but they survived and they did not go crazy and they didn't try to end their life. But can, that's possible for anybody. Hmm. And so how can I look at my current life? It's not that bad. Okay. Compared to that. And how can I decide what I want to choose and think about my circumstances, my environment? Cause that's going to impact, um, how I feel, how I act and the result that I create and my experience of life. Okay. I said we were almost done. So your brain actually doesn't know the difference. And then we can be at peace or feel love or happiness in any situation, rain or shine, prison or free. 
because we're the ones deciding. We are the watcher of our own mind and we choose the thoughts. I know it is a practice. It is a skill. We can get better. We can improve. That's what I'm saying. I want to work on in 2024. My tendencies. So my emotional patterns. We choose the thoughts and the magic is, I already said this, that when we start to feel greater than our circumstances, think greater than our circumstances, they have to change. When we change first internally and why that's hard to do is because we're looking at, we're looking at the world around us. We're looking at like matter. Um, Joe? Yeah. Joe Dispenza? Like we're looking at the physical world, our lives, the scale, um, my bank account. I'm looking at circumstances and letting them tell me how I should feel. But when you can imagine um, feeling what you would feel when X, Y, Z, you can feel that now before that ever happens. And when you do, your environment has to change. Like it's a law. When we change first, our external has to match how we feel and what we're thinking. We go first and our environment has no option but to follow. That's the power of our mind. Okay. So that is the end of my script. Wow. Thanks for watching. I don't even know how long it's been, but like I say, I have this freebie in my bio link that you can get by clicking, go to the show notes, click, click, click. You'll see it there. I have some questions that help you look for my lady's post-abortion, look at your abortion story and what are you saying? What are you saying about yourself? What are you telling yourself? What are the defining terms you're using about your past? Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, that's why I'm so guilty. Like I'm so, I know I was so bad at this. I chose to define my past and my experience by words that I decided to use. I didn't have to say that was the most excruciating time of my life. I didn't have to say that. But when I did, it made it feel really awful. Um, so download my freebie. And um, if you want to talk about coaching together so we can coach one-on-one, I encourage you to consider working one-on-one together on these things. You can find my application for coaching in my, my bio link in the show notes. I'll post it here on Instagram and it's in the podcast fill out an application so we can have a consult together to talk about these things and uh, work together on changing. Like if you can relate to feeling like I cannot think beyond my feelings, I cannot think beyond my circumstances. And no matter what I try, I can't get to my goal. I can't like work toward becoming my future self. I just keep perpetuating the past. I keep feeling stuck. I can't get out. Like I get it. I've been there and we can work on these things. I'm so excited to do this with you, to partner with you on this in a a coaching relationship. Also in February, hello, it's February 1st podcast is coming out tomorrow. The second groundhog's day. Anyway, 
um, in February, I'm launching a three month group cohort. I'm calling it. I don't do programs. It's not a program, but together with 10 ladies, we can, I I'm calling it like taking your healing to the next level. You're into Joe Dispenza. You're into Michael Singer. You're into self-development. You know, coaching works and you also know you've come a long way since your abortion experience. Whether that was last year, 10 years ago, you're not who you were at that time. And you've maybe even walked through different healing um, modalities. You've done the course, you've done the program, you've read the book. Um, I'm reading this book. It's interesting. The Healing Choice. You've done the curriculum, like maybe or maybe not. Maybe you haven't gone through like a healing, a formal healing. Here's another one that. I was thinking about attending. It's called Deeper Still. They have free retreats nationwide. There are so many resources. If you have had an abortion for you to start processing that uh, and experience healing and relief from that. Whether you have or you haven't, I am launching. Well, it's launched. It's open. You can access that information in my bio link as well. Um, and uh, if you want some help deciding like, what, what should I do? Should I do the group? Should I work one-on-one? -on -one? What is the right fit for me? Just send me a message so we can talk about it. I can help you navigate what is best for you. Um, check out all that information and uh, in the bio link, I think I've said that 29,000 times now, but until next week, take the best care. Bye. Hey girlfriend, if you've experienced loss through abortion, you're not alone. So many women feel trapped in their experience and not able to share with anyone what they've been through or what they're feeling after their abortion. That's why I became a life coach for the post-abortive woman to support women through their after-abortion experience and walk into freedom, purpose, and happiness in their lives again through the power of coaching. If you want to finally be free of the pain that accompanies having had an abortion, I want to invite you to book your free consultation with me to discuss a coaching partnership together. Just click on the link in the show notes to find my application for coaching. And once you fill that out, you'll be led to book your call. Finally, it would help me so much in getting this podcast to the women who need it most if you go to the podcast show, scroll all the way down till you find the reviews and just give a five-star rating. It's just a click, a little tap. You don't have to write anything and it'll only take a second to go to the show, home, scroll, and click. I appreciate your reviews so much and the time that you've invested in yourself by listening to today's episode. Until next week, you are beautifully and wonderfully made.